Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is time for the MMA DFS Strategy Show right here at AwesomeMode.com. That is the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. I am Jason Floyd. Pete, it's uh, Thanksgiving Eve, which uh, in my industry, in the bar industry, is basically the biggest night of the year or one of the biggest nights of the year. Uh, so what's it, what's it like up in Connecticut here on Thanksgiving Eve? Man? Are you, you, know, you, you got that cocktail ready for after the show? I'm being bad tonight, Jason. I got a Mountain Dew ready. Uh, now, let me tell you, uh, you know, uh, Typically, I'm in the bar business working on nights like this, but COVID. The show's over, but uh, yeah, once I get done with the night, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be partaking in some fun. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a two uh, a two family trip for me tomorrow. Go to my wife's family in the morning and then uh, go to my parents in the afternoon. Uh, let me ask you this. What, what's the go-to uh, Thanksgiving meal for you? Like, I was, what, what, I'm so what, happy you asked me that because what is, I was, okay, so was going to ask you something along those lines, man. You know, my one item, pumpkin yeah. pie. I'm not a pie guy. I'm not a pie guy. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll eat some chocolate cream pie. I'm cool with that. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with some turkey and gravy, but stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes, I think are, are kind of just like, they're, they're perfect any time of the year. So, uh, I'm excited to have some nice turkey tomorrow. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, my wife makes uh, the mashed potatoes for both uh, my my parents and and her parents. So yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to it here. But of course, we're here to break this one down for you. UFC Vegas number fifteen. But before we get to uh, this week's card, of course, be sure to head over to awesomeo.com as today's free premium content is MMA projections. So be sure to check out there over there at awesomeo.com. But Pete, uh, let's take a quick look back at uh, last week's UFC card. And, uh, you know, one of the great tools that you can check out is Fancy Cruncher Rewind, which allows you to see exactly who scored the most points and who would have been the, uh, the who, what lineup would have scored the most points. And uh, pulled this one up. And this, so this is for DraftKings. This would have got you 691 points. Joaquin Buckley, Brandon Moreno, Paul Craig, Antetina Shevchenko, Alan Drew Wayne, and Sasha Platonikov. Holy moly. What a lineup. I mean, the optimal lineup was crazy. Uh, the fights were great. It was a very profitable night for Osimo team in general. I saw Osimo icons everywhere at the top of the leaderboards. Uh, nice night for me. Hope it was for you guys as well. Uh, targeted 
the correct fights. And, you know, that's how I've found a lot of success in MMA DFS. It's just hammering the correct fights. And, um, you know, we got that right. I was happy to see that. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, replicate it this week. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, last week, you know, we talked about here on the strategy show. I know you and Josh talked about it on live before lock. You know, you looked at, at Valentina, would she score uh, enough points? And, you know, and, you know, would you would you want to have that fight in your life? Would you not want to have your fight in your life? But I think that's something we will talk about, uh, you know, as we go on here with, with this show is, you know, especially, you know, with Curtis Blades, are, are you going to pay up? And I think it's probably more of a FanDuel question than it is a DraftKings question because obviously with DraftKings says, look, we know what Curtis Blades is going to go out there and do last week. I'll tell you, you know, I was, watch, I was watching back that Buckley and, and Wright fight because I didn't watch it live. You know what really stuck out to me, Pete, about that fight was it just felt like Jordan Wright was – extremely tentative like he didn't want to be another viral knockout yeah i mean when you have a guy that's really trying to knock you out and uh you know i i saw it on the contender series fight with uh, jordan wright um you know it's it's intimidating especially you know you can say all the right things but once you get in there you know styles make fights and um that reminds me some people hit me up on social media saying hey jason didn't do the push-ups where's jason's video about the push-ups i totally, for- I totally forgot about that <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah i'll definitely take care of that don't worry uh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it it was a great performance from walking buckley and um i'm really excited to see his career going forward i do think that he has to work on some things you know like con- some controlled aggression because you know, if you go in there and are a little too wild, like you, you mentioned, somebody that's crafty and experienced, perhaps a James Krause, could take advantage of some situations like that. I actually am ex- extremely excited to see that fight take place, and I'd probably be back in Joaquin Buckley. I really would. Yeah, I, I just I, I wonder about the size, different aspect of that. Yeah, you you listen to Joaquin Buckley after it definitely comes off as a guy who doesn't believe in light sparring. Would that about the best way to put it? Yeah, probably. I mean, there are plenty of people in my area that enjoy sparring hard. I enjoy sparring hard. Like hard sparring is great, but you have to be smart with how many times you do it. Not every day should be, you know, going to war because at the end of the day, that's detrimental to the, uh, the duration of your career. That'll take, you know, you know, years off your career and you don't want your best fights to happen in the gym. You want them to happen underneath the lights. So it's somewhere in the middle especially with fight camps, you need to replicate that pressure and that crazy um, anxiety and uh, aggression of a fight in practice. But, uh, you know, you have to be smart with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have heard stories where fighters have gotten kicked out of gyms across the United States because basically they, they decide that they want to go hard and it's the coach is like, no, nope, get out of the gym. You're, you're, you're out for the day. And uh, you know, look, it's it's very interesting. I, I did see James Krause had an Instagram post where he basically said, no one from my gym is going to fight you. You get me or no one else. And he basically kind of indicated, like, he's accepted a fight. Ball's in your court. Yeah, I, I think um, they're, they're, the UFC is kind of like pumping the brakes, and they don't want to, you know, ruin a prospect. I think they're kind of being smart with it. They're like, all right, man, you know, James Cross has been been around here for a long time. Let's make sure that this is the right fight that we want. But at the same time, you do want to build the guy and keep climbing that ladder and keep having that, you know, uh, notable name in just casual fans' eyes and uh, in their heads. And I think that Joaquin Buckley is slowly starting to do that. Um, 
I'm excited for the fight. I really hope it happens and that they can come to terms with an agreement. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like the UFC believes they have something in Buckley. I mean, we, me yeah. and you were kind of talking about this in text earlier this week of the Joaquin Buckley that we're seeing right now is not the Joaquin Buckley we saw in Bellator. It just, it, it, he is, he's evolved as a fighter. Yeah, and it's a perfect example of how fighters always evolve. And you don't want to really hold their past above their head and kind of just always, you know, just think that they're never going to get better or they're always going to make the same mistakes or they're never going to improve. I mean, some fighters really hit their stride later on in their career, and I think this is a great example of it. So we are here to talk UFC Vegas number 15, of course, takes place on, on Saturday night. Uh, you know, so today was actually the first time I actually even looked at the salaries. I looked at the betting odds before, but really hadn't thought about the DFS, DFS salaries. I will say I thought the FanDuel salaries really jumped out to me because, you know, I, I know one of the popular questions we get every week on the show is, you know, who are those fighters $14 and under on, on, on DraftKings that you're looking at? Who are those, or excuse me, on FanDuel, on DraftKings, who's at 7500 and under this week i think we got some good options that that like as i think about my initial thoughts of the salary it's like man i, I think we got some good pump plays this week yeah i really think the pricing's off this week i think that last week it was pretty accurate um based on the likelihood of certain fighters getting victories this week i think that they screwed up a little bit and there are some fighters that i cannot believe are priced what they are we'll get to them and there's no way i'm paying a certain amount of money for some of these fighters yeah, no, I, I'm with you there as well. Before we get into Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis, do want to tell you about a giveaway we got going on right now with Awesomeo as we are giving away thousands of dollars worth of Awesomeo Plus subscriptions for Thanksgiving. Check out our Twitter account, which is at Awesomeo underscore com for all of our giveaways this Thanksgiving, including the pinned tweet at Awesomeo underscore com on Twitter to win a year of Awesomeo Plus NFL. Just follow the instructions on the graphic and predict whether Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford will throw for more yards on Thanksgiving Day. One random winner will be selected among the correct guesses. Be sure to also check out our giveaways on our Awesomeo Instagram handle and give it a follow for a chance for a free Awesomeo Plus subscriptions. Good luck, but uh, Pete, let's get right into it. Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. Of course, Curtis Blades, 9300 on DK, 6900 for Derek Lewis, and then $23 for Blades on FanDuel, $17 for Derek Lewis. This is, um, you know, we've been ca- kind of talking about various ways to look at this fight. Of course, uh, anyone who follows MMA, they know the fighting style of each one of these fighters. you got a heavy wrestler, and then you got a guy that uh, he's got a death punch at any moment. Um, you know, I, I guess first off is, like, how concerned are you if you are a Curtis Blades backer if this thing hits the fourth and fifth round after what we saw with Blades against Alexander Volkov earlier this year? Um, I will say that, you know, I will be targeting the main event quite a bit. I think that Lewis, based on his price, if he survives several rounds and is able to, you know, uh, withstand the takedowns and the ground and pound, and uh, he's very durable. So he has that going in his favor. He's very durable and knows how to come from behind and get a victory. How many times can you bail yourself out of jail, though? And that's the one thing is, you know, Blades in this matchup is literally his kryptonite. Blades will be taking Derek Lewis down often. And it's not like Blades is some terrible striker. He's not a terrible striker at all. Actually knocked out Junior Dos Santos. Has good hands. Um, but, you know, his striking is elementary. It really is. I mean, it's 
everything's just to set up the takedown, the level changes to get you to think about the takedown, to set up the hands and vice versa. So I do think that Lewis is going to be a little tentative because he's not going to want to overextend and get put on his back. You think about uh, the fight against Alexi Olenek. Olenek, you know, took him down easily with a single and a bunch of scrambles was able to scramble up even from the bottom, take him right back down. Let me tell you, Curtis Blades, he's an amazing grappler, like an amazing grappler. Um, Not as far as submission wise, but control and ground and pound. So can he do enough and not fatigue himself over five rounds and work towards a finish? I like him quite a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to back Curtis Blades in just, you know, my process. I think that he gets it done. Um, I think he has more ways to win. Um, And I, I think that it's hard to imagine five rounds for heavyweights, Jason. But even if, I think that Blades is, is the choice for me. Samuel, appreciate you there in the Super Chat. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hopefully, you're going to have a, a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you got a couple of days off here to, to get uh, you know, all these festivities in. I mean, look, I think Curtis Blades is the proper way to go here. But the one thing that, you know, I mean, we, we all remember that Volkov fight. He, on, on DK, he scored 144 points. But that fifth round, I mean... He was yeah. gassed. And the one thing that always concerns me, because I, I was looking at his meeting Curtis Boyd's, I was looking at his stats, and the one thing that, that always concerns me with him is when he gets to the ground, it's kind of that one position. There's never that advance. We, like, we always talk about Habib. When Habib takes the fight to the ground, he's constantly advancing. Now, in, in that fight against Volkov, he was 14 of 25 in takedown defenses. Now, or takedown attempts. So if you want to be a Derek Lewis backer, and especially on FanDuel, you get those points for takedown defenses, that's maybe something to consider. But let me, let me preface it this way, Pete. Let's say this fight goes 25 minutes. Curtis Blades gets five takedowns, one per round, and Derek Lewis never gets up. Does he score enough at the price point he's at to be optimal? I think it's okay to get away from Curtis Blades in some of your lineups. Uh, he's not a lock by any means because I think that Curtis uh, – Curtis Blades is up for a tough challenge in Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis's power is always live. I mean, if you look at it, he's always one punch away. He doesn't need a lot of space to create power. Um, he's never really out of a fight. It's just, I know from a technical aspect, his grappling's not at the level of Curtis Blades. So he's constantly going to have to be fighting from bad positions. Um, you know, I do think that um, Blades can work towards a finish on the ground. You're not going to see a submission most likely unless he's, this is something new that he's added to his game, but a, a TKO via ground and pound is, is possible. I'm not ignoring Derek Lewis at 6,900 Jason, because his price is crazy. Um, if Lewis is able to be durable in the last five rounds or even, you know, three plus you start talking about having a salary that allows you flexibility to pay up in other spots. And obviously if he can get a victory that helps things as well. So I think that, you know, targeting the main event is very, very smart. I will be doing it. But it's not like Blades is priced up like Shevchenko was, you know, $300 less. $9,300, I think, is uh, appropriate for a grappler, man. Outside of him gassing out, I I think it's him. Wasn't Shevchenko $23 on FanDuel last week? Yes. So, I mean, you're you're getting the same price, but you also, you, you do love the takedown aspect. You know, one of the things that we were talking about this pre-show, one of the things that you wish you saw out of Curtis Blades was when this fight goes to the ground, you never see jujitsu. And there, there yeah. has been times where he's on his back, and I'm like, 
The rear neck is there, brother. Take it. Yeah, I mean, it's just not his thing, and he likes to pound people out. And, um, you know, sometimes if you're not so skilled and, and, you know, especially it all depends on the referee, right? Like, A, will the referee allow Lewis to eat a bunch of shots on the mat? We'll have to see. Will the referee force Curtis Blades to stand up or be more active? Because if that's the case, uh, now you're talking about the referee basically helping out Derek Lewis. In that situation, it would be extremely beneficial to have a referee that is impatient. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what we were talking about right before the show. It's like, we wish you really knew who the referee was right now. Because yeah. Like, if you told me, like, uh, Chris Tononi was the referee, which I know he's not going to get it. But if he was, I'd be like, oh, that Derek Lewis price looks a little better for me. Because yeah. he's one of those guys that eh, he tends to, you know, stand him up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, but, uh, I think and, you have to target this fight, though. Oh, no. And I think the other part of it is, like, you know, Derek Lewis is a guy that's always battled injuries. And, you know, he's talked about, you know, walking around a lighter weight, how much that's helped him with his health. And, and so that's that's something to take into. But this is a fight that you got to play. But you know what? I will say this. And I've been playing more cash than I have GPP lately. Derek Lewis as a cash play, I, I, I like it. On FanDuel more than I do DraftKings. Yes, on FanDuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough for me to always just back certain fighters. And I know that this matchup is kind of Derek Lewis's kryptonite. I mean, the KO is always live. But you're talking about Takedown City, baby. Takedown City is coming. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And I think that's Curtis Blades isn't stupid either. Like, he's not a guy that's going to just stand and bang. He knows that his only path to victory is by getting him on the mat. I mean, Derek Lewis is coming in in possibly the best shape of his life, extremely motivated. He used to talk about training like an hour a day or something silly like that. Now he's finally committed to being a professional fighter, which is pretty insane that he's in the UFC with a 15 and five record. But, uh, it's Curtis Blades for me. He's my pick, and uh, I'm, I'm leaning Curtis Blades. Look, if Curtis Blades decides he wants to stand and bang with Derek Lewis, uh, we got we got to question that coaching staff. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, look, and you know, like the one thing about his jitsu, he works with Elliot Marshall, which I would imagine that Elliot works with him, but you know, maybe it's just he just doesn't want to go for it, whatnot. But yeah, I mean, look, we we both know Curtis Blades. We know his route to victory. He he's not going to sit there and have a, a kickboxing matchup with Derek Lewis because if he does. It, it, it's it's advantage Derek Lewis. Yeah, absolutely. And never say never with the submission. I mean, um, if there's a guy to get a submission win over, I think that you can get one over Derek Lewis. 
what you say never never say never of you going for a takedown the first 10 seconds of a fight is that what you're See, saying that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying I don't, never say never. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. But, of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, notification bell, so you know a new show is here on Osmo. Of course, uh, tomorrow here on Osmo, it'll be getting you ready for the doubleheader of NFL action. Of course, we lost one game today, getting moved to Sunday. So you got those two showdown slates tomorrow. So be sure to keep it locked here to Osmo.com. And if you want to get access to all the great tools and content we have over at awesomeo.com, you can sign up for a weekly pass for $29.95. Gets you content for nearly every DFS sport out there. It includes full access to all the premium content tools on awesomeo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, and so much more. And uh, if you want a little bit of a cheaper option, we got a promo going on right now that does expire tomorrow where you can get an NFL Express weekly pass for only $1, yeah, $1, all you got to do is use the promo code MAYFLOWER at checkout. This pass includes access to all tools and content for showdown and single-game slates, including player projections, ownership projections, and the top place tool. Sign up now to get access to all the upcoming slates for Thanksgiving Day, which is tomorrow. As I mentioned, this offer is valid through tomorrow, November the 26th. Let's move on to the co-main event. It is Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark. This is kind of a, a little bit of a weird fight booking to me, uh, Pete, in this instance. Like, yeah. I, I think that there's two ways you can look at this. This It could be a, an old-school UFC-type matchmaking. Hey, let's try to build up the younger guy, meaning Devin Clark. Or I more look at this, I think this is, hey, let's get Anthony Smith back on the winning track. Yeah, this is a get-right fight, and I think they're trying to get Anthony Smith right. I think that uh, they know that a lot of people like him. Um, you know, after dropping that fight to Glover Teixeira and then dropping the fight to Alexander Rakic, uh, I think now now is a perfect time to get W. Um, you know, losing two in a row, no matter who you are, is is not good for confidence. And before that starts to really, really escalate to um, just shattering your confidence. They need to get him a W. And I don't think that Devin Clark's an easy opponent by any means because the guy has great grappling and great takedowns. Um, Anthony Smith's takedown defense isn't the best despite having a good wrestling and grappling background. It comes in at 51%. Um, he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And we have seen glimpses of that. You know, you think about his performance against Alexander Gustafson, um, Vulcan Ozemir, when he's able to use his jiu-jitsu to his, his advantage. And I definitely think he has this the jujitsu edge over Devin Clark. Devin Clark's a guy that really doesn't enjoy trading on the feet. He will throw a big looping overhand into pressing his opponents against the cage to work towards a takedown and to be relentless because he does not enjoy trading with his opponents. Um, he's one of these guys similar to Jordan Wright that does not like getting hit. Um, he'll do everything he can to close the gap, which isn't bad. I mean, he knows his style. Um, I just don't know how far Anthony Smith has really fallen. Like did Glover Teixeira really just destroy this man? Um, we'll have to see. I would imagine if he loses to Devin Clark here that I'm, I would be extremely shocked. Devin Clark comes in 33% finish rate, 12 and four overall six and four in the UFC. Anthony Smith at one time was the legend killer. He was killing all legends. They might've been washed legends. They might've been legends of old, but guess what? He has them on, on his resume. So for me, it's Anthony Smith, the good coaching staff, the good boxing, uh, the explosive KO ability, 91% finish rate. I like him quite a bit at 8,500. I just wonder 
maybe that killer instinct's gone and it's a decision win to get him right. That's that was kind of where I was going to lead to next and more on the DK side of things as opposed to the FanDuel side of things of at the $8,500 price, is it, you know, because of, you know, is Devin Clark just tough enough to survive 15 minutes where, you know, at 8,500, you know, we're looking for finishers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 8,500, we'd have to see a lot of volume. We'd have to see a takedown maybe um, just based on the style of Devin Clark, right? Devin Clark presses his opponents against the cage. So if you think about his fight against who is it? Alonzo Menafield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when he pressed his opponent, that, that strategy of pressing his opponents against the cage kind of takes out that DFS round one darling. Like, you know what I mean? Like it didn't make Alonzo Menafield that appealing because of the matchup. Um, now I will say that Anthony Smith, he doesn't have the highest of volume, but starting off in that matchup against Glover Teixeira, the James Krause type of style of the volume for, for a, a light heavyweight was actually interesting. You know, usually you see light heavyweights and heavyweights throwing big shots. It was more pitter patter working towards a, a, a finish based off of, uh, you know, just an accumulation of shots. So if he goes that route, 8,500, I think is okay. I don't think Devin Clark's really all that good, um, despite coming from a great camp in Jackson Wink. I'm backing Anthony Smith here. In some lineups, I'm not going to be crazy overweight just because of his recent, uh, you know, rough patch and because of the price. I mean, the price, it's okay. It's okay. A big step up in competition for Devin Clark. I think that's the other part of this you got to bring up. And now if you do think Anthony Smith is going to win by decision, plus 325 is that prop bet. Hmm. And I'll tell you why that's a, that line is interesting, right? Because he comes in 33 and 16, Jason, right? 91% finish rate. So that prop bet that, that prop bet comes in with some juicy figures, because if you look at his resume, he's finished a lot of people, but I think the style of this fight could actually make that decision happen. Well, if you want to take Anthony Smith by TKO KO, Plus 300. Okay, that does uh, yeah. Well, man, people hating on Anthony Smith, right? Like, I, look, look, we live in a sport where it's a what have you done for me lately? And you have now, and, and look, yes, it's been against the top of the division, yeah. but he has lost three of his last four fights. Yeah, you can't deny facts. I mean, I think, I think the likelihood, I mean, Devin Clark has been, Submitted by uh, Ryan Span and Jan Blahovich. I mean, they're both really talented. Uh, and TKO'd from Alex Nicholson and Alexander Rakic. So I think a, a submission is definitely possible as well for Anthony Smith. I, I think the other thing you might want to look at here also is I would have to imagine that Devin Clark is going to try to work the takedowns. So on the FanDuel side of things, Anthony Smith at $16, I think is a very intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point you bring up. I think that we know the Devin Clark game plan. You know, that's what he's going to do. Similar to, you know, Curtis Blades, you know, he's going to go for takedowns. So Lewis on FanDuel, despite being priced up is interesting. Smith at 16 on FanDuel is also interesting. Yeah, well, let's see how that plays out. Let's move on to a, a heavyweight matchup. We got Josh Parisian taking on Parker Porter. 
Parker Porter, 7200 on DK, 9000 for Parisian. And then over on FanDuel, $22 for Josh Parisian, $8 for Parker Porter. I had a chance to uh, talk to Parker about a week and a half or so ago, and uh, people can go check that out on, on my YouTube channel, also on my podcast feed as well. As I, I spoke to him, and uh, you know, two things that were really a big takeaway for me was, uh, you know, he talked about how you know, getting with the PI, you know, prior to his UFC debut, which he took took on short notice. He talked about you know how they they kind of had made some suggestions to him about, you know, walking around a lighter weight. And, and when I spoke to him, once he told me he was around 270, 275. So yeah. it, it, he goes, as opposed to walking around about 290 pounds. And we, and we could see that, you know, I mean, he just he's a big dude. And, and the other thing he told me, he said, he goes, I always knew that I was going to fight Josh Parisian at some point. He mentioned, he's like, look, he's fought my buddy Greg Rebello. Obviously, you know, Greg, one, one of your coaches. And, and he said, he goes, so I always felt, he goes, when he got signed by the UFC, I just kind of felt this was going to be, my next fight. I mean, look, this is, I mean, it's, it's a big price tag. If you, you want to take Josh Parisian, um, it's a GPP fight for me. It's not a cash fight. It, it's a GPP fight. Yeah. I don't think you can really feel comfortable either way. I mean, Parisian comes in 13 and three Porter comes in 10 and six, um, you know, drop that fight to, uh, Chris Dawkins. That's the correct brother, right? Chris Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, 92% finish rate for Parisian, 89% finish rate for Porter. You might need this fight, guys. You might need this fight because I think somebody's getting finished. Um, based on Parisian's awkward style, when I say awkward, he throws spinning back kicks as a heavyweight. He throws spinning back fists. Um, he's a little – he's very aggressive. Porter likes to take his time on the feet but also starts to put together crazy combinations whenever he thinks he has somebody hurt or rocked. Um, Porter's fought some legit competition. We did see Porter get cracked, rocked, dropped, and finished. Uh, obviously Porter's from my area. So I'm going to be rooting for Porter like crazy. So I would be rostering Porter based on me just, you know, rooting for him. But I, I do think the advantage here lies for Parisian based on his unorthodox striking. Um, even on the ground, I know that Parisian has been submitted in the past and Porter has a pretty decent ground game. Mm-hmm. It's the ground and pound from Parisian that I, you know, on the contender series, you see him advancing position and uh, putting his opponents in bad spots and kind of being relentless and going for the finish. 9K, I think, is suitable. I don't think that Parisian's really like a true heavyweight as far as like weight, skill, all of that. I don't think. There, it's a low end heavyweight mm-hmm. fight for the UFC. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I think that if Parisian was matched up with some better opponents, I would probably be targeting the, the other opponents. But I think I'm going to lean towards Parisian, uh, Jason. I, I really do. I think that he kind of has a little bit more, and he has the experience from the Ultimate Fighter and the Contender Series. I, I think I'm going to side with uh, Parisian here at 9K. Yeah, I mean, look, I had a great conversation with Parker Porter, so I'd love to see him win. I'm just, I'm me too. Like, like, me too. That, that's just me being honest here. Um, but, I mean, look, I, there is definitely a reason, Josh Parisian. But I think that, you know, this is one of those fights that, you know, like I, I feel like the odds that this ends up in the optimal, I think, is pretty highly. Either, Especially if Parker Porter pulls it off. Uh, you know, $7,200 on DK. He wins. I mean, we saw it with, with Sasha last week, what, what he was able to do. And, obviously, that was, that was a great matchup here. Um, you know, and it's, but man, it's these, these, these heavyweight matchups of guys that are at the, the lower end of the UFC heavyweight division, they're, they're, 
I get more worried about those fights because I just realize, you know, while one guy may be a, a, a big favorite in that fight, in reality, you just know it's it's a lot closer than those betting odds say. Yeah, and what everybody watching this show needs to realize is the better fighter doesn't always win. And that is uh, that is so true. The better fighter doesn't always win. Like, this guy could have uh, all the advantages in the world. He could be the more well-rounded mixed martial artist. One slip up, one mistake, gets caught by one shot, slips on the canvas from a kick. Literally anything can happen in an MMA fight. That's why, you know, the variance is so crazy. So Porter of the 7K options is probably one of the best on the slate because it's a heavyweight MMA fight. Well, there, there is a 7K option that uh, I will probably be overexposed on. Hopefully it doesn't come back to to bite me. But, uh, of course, this is the MMA strategy show right here. On awesomeo.com, of course, uh, if you're ever unable to watch us live on YouTube or uh, you want to listen to us in the car on demand, you can get this podcast a part of the Awesomeo Podcast Network. We are out there on almost every podcasting platform. If you want to get the direct links to whatever podcasting platform you like to listen to podcasts, go to awesomeo.com right there at the top of the screen. You'll see Awesomeo Podcast Network, and you can check out this show on demand. Next up. Uh, the next two fights, by the way, I absolutely love Pete. I, I love these two fights. I, I said on my podcast earlier today, clearly blades. Lewis is the best fight on this card. It's the reason to watch the fights. My number two and number three fights are the next two fights we're going to talk about. Yeah. I love these next two fights, man. I really do. Um, you know, I, I actually like these lighter fights. You guys always say, I like these lighter fights better than I like heavyweight MMA. You got Miguel Baeza taking on Takashi Sato. Uh, this is a GPP, GPP fight all the way for me. These yeah. are two guys that have dynamic, you know, strikes. 8,700 Baeza, uh, Sato, 7,500. Over on Fandle, you got to pay $20 for Miguel and $10 for Sato. Uh, you know, look, this is a fight that I would be relatively surprised if it goes 15 minutes. So, I mean, and, and I do like Baeza in this spot, but... Man, Sato, uh, you, you can't count count him out here. No, I mean, Sato helped us out, and Sato got us a nice uh, quick round one uh, KO last time he was in the cage. So, of course, we got love for Sato. I think that, you know, him is a 7K option. The way he throws his straight left hand, it's so crisp that if he catches anybody, he can hurt anybody, he can finish anybody. Um, he's a southpaw, and I always talk about it. Being a lefty fighter, it screws a lot of fighters up because you have to do things opposite and you get hit from odd angles. And I know it sounds weird, but when somebody's a southpaw and somebody's a lefty, you know, your opponents sometimes don't see your punches coming. It's so weird. It, it's so weird. I know your feet are just switched and your shoulders are just opposite, but some people just can't read it as well. Now I do not think that is the case here. I think Baeza comes in 8,700. We saw him KO Matt Brown, incredible KO. Um, we saw him also on the contender series and prior to that, getting his UFC debut. Vic. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, you know, I really like Miguel Baeza, and I'll tell you why. It comes from a great camp of MMA masters. I think they're a pretty underrated camp. You know a lot about them. I think they're very, very talented. But it's not the MMA camp so much that I'm backing. It's Miguel Baeza's boxing coach. I've been following Miguel Baeza's boxing coach on Instagram for quite some time. Mm -hmm. The guy is a genius and really puts together some great strategy for Miguel Baeza. And you saw it in the Matt Brown. They were literally practicing that sequence of how he finished Matt Brown. And it's perfect. I mean, when you have such a strategic mind, like a Trevor Whitman in your camp, it really helps out. So I know Sato is at Sanford MMA down and basically in Florida. So I like Baeza here. I think it's a, t- a fight you need to target. I just think that Baeza, unlike many other fighters, will have answers to the southpaw style of Takashi Sato. So, and guess what? If things go bad and Baeza gets cracked, he can always resort to takedowns because he's a BJJ black belt and definitely has a submission edge over Takashi Sato despite his judo background. Here's the interesting part about the Sato corner. We're going to find out real quick whether Nevada is going to honor the suspensions that the Mohegan tried to part of athletic regulations oh. handed down for Henry Hoof and Greg Jones for violating the code protocols last week. So that's going to be uh, something to pay attention to throughout the week of, you know, and obviously, I mean, Henry Hoof, we all know, you know, he's the head coach there. You know, he runs the striking aspect. And, of course, Greg Jones runs the grappling aspect. But you mentioned about, you know, when we talk about South Florida gyms, we always talk about ATT. You talk about uh, Hard Knocks, where obviously, you know, or, which is now known as Sanford MMA. But MMA Masters is a gym no one talks about. There's some killers in that gym. This yep. is a fight that I, I, I think just, like, just thinking from a fight aspect, like, this should be a fun fight to watch. I do like Baeza, but I, as I said, I think this is, this is a fight that, to me, you got to look at as a GPP fight. But, uh, you know, the other fight here that we're going to talk about here, Spike Carlisle and Bill Algeo, I think could be a cash fight as well as a GPP fight because I think this fight could potentially go longer. Spike, 8900 on DK, 7300 for Bill Algeo, $19 for Spike on FanDuel, $10 for Bill Algeo. I mentioned about there's a uh, under 8K option I'm probably going to be overexposed on. It's Bill Algeo. I can't hate. I can't hate on that man. I can't hate on it at all. I mean, Sp- uh, Spike Carlisle is what he is. Um, you know, he's a round one, maybe round two killer. Like he really goes in there and puts people away. Eighty nine percent finish rate out of nine victories uh, is one and one in the UFC. You saw that really incredible K over Alon Cruz with that tomahawk elbow into ground and pound. Look great. Then we saw his performance against Billy Corantillo. You know, back and forth fight. You can't really complain about that fight. That was a, a, a razor thin close fight. But I will say, Spike Carlisle, his cardio is a liability. Like he really dumps everything into round one, early round two, and fades as the fight goes on. Um, he seems like he's in bad positions a lot. And I know that Bill Algio just came in fighting Ricardo Lamas. I I think that if Bill Algio can survive. Him at 7,300, I think as the fight goes on, 
it works in his favor. I mean, I think that he's a good striker, a decent wrestler, doesn't have the best takedown defense, but guess what? Neither does Spike Carlisle. 50% for Carlisle, 57% for Algeo. I think this fight is interesting. Um, Bill Algeo has really fought some tough people. 13-5 and five overall, has the experience edge here in this matchup. He's taller than his opponent, slight reach advantage as well. I think Algeo can work his way towards a decision, maybe a late TKO. I don't hate Spike Carlisle at all. Just know what you're rostering. He's a round one guy, you know, and uh, has great jujitsu and everything, but the cardio really worries me, Jason. You forgot to mention one thing about Spike. About how he just middle of the round stands up and walks away. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. like he thinks the round's over, and then and then like the highlight is all over Twitter this week because he's fighting this week. Of literally, he thinks the round's over. And the referee's like, "Uh, what are you doing, dude? Fight to the bell! Fight to the bell!" Yeah. <laughs> and then Billy Billy lands a couple of shots before the for the round ends. So yeah, but this is like it should be a fun fight. I mean, you go back to Llamas fight, you know, and, and Algeo had his moments, and, and just it kind of fell apart there in the third round for him. And this is a fight that uh, I think, you know, whether you, you're a DK player, and I know majority of people that are watching us are DK players, but, you know, on a FanDuel side, I think it's it's a GPP in-cash fight. I, I like this fight. I, I think you got to have shares of both these guys. But, yeah. but you, you you bring up a great point. If, you, if you're back in spike, your thought has got to be he's getting a finish in the first seven-ish minutes. Yeah, because if you watch Bill Algeo's fight against Ricardo Lamas and you see how – he took that fight on short notice too. So like he went in there and was able to put on a great performance. If you look at the stats, 3.47 uh, significant strikes per minute for Carlisle, 7.87 for Bill Algeo. Obviously that's matchup dependent and totally can, can, you know, vary from fight to fight, but I know that Algeo can really put up that volume. So I kind of like it. Let's move on to a female matchup. We got Ashley Evan Smith taking on Norma, Dumont, 8,300 for Ashley Evans-Smith on DK, 7,900 for Norma. However, a little vice versa here on FanDuel, you got to pay $16 for Dumont and $14 for Evans-Smith. Pete, uh, give me your take on this one, man. Okay, well, I will say that I tried to find as much footage on Dumont as possible. Um, You know, she got stopped against Megan Anderson uh, and then into ground and pound pretty quickly. Uh, you can't really find a lot of her professional fights. You can't really find anything. Uh, I think I saw one professional MMA fight, maybe two. And then I saw her, uh, her grappling bout. She has jujitsu. She has skills on the ground. I mean, even in her MMA bout, you saw her resorting to that, trying to go for an arm bar, uh, and then a rear naked choke. Um, I just don't really, it's, it's a spot where there's, so much unknown surrounding Dumont that how can you possibly feel comfortable about this mm-hmm. outside of knowing Dumont personally, or, you know, training alongside of her. Um, you really don't know enough about her. I do think that Evan Smith isn't a bad fighter at all. I know that she's three and four in the UFC, but she does have some great wins. I mean, she does. Uh, she, she gets takedowns. She has good ground and pound, good striking volume. Um, you don't know what you're going to get with this matchup, but if, honestly, if I had to side with anybody, I'm siding with the UFC vet and three and four Evan Smith um, at 8,300. I just, I don't know Dumont, so I don't want to just kind of throw my money blindly. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes you got to, you know, and, and that was kind of what you, you talked about it when she you know fought Megan Anderson. There just wasn't much out there in, in terms of that one. And, you know, I guess, 
from a DFS aspect, you know, I guess you're kind of hoping that Evan Smith does go the takedown route. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is one of my favorite DFS uh, fights to target just because of, so, of the unknowns, obviously. If Evan Smith goes to the takedown well, then obviously we have to worry about, um, we have to worry about, you know, getting submitted. I, I think that Dumont can easily push the pressure, you know, push the pace and try to take down Evan Smith as well. I just, for me, I got to get behind Evan Smith in this spot if I'm going to do anything. But I think that Evan Smith and Anthony Smith are both, you know, undervalued. I, I really do. Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, the betting line movement. And, and this is always, and it's a good tool to use in, in DFS for me is because it all, it tells me how the betting public thinks of a fight. Yeah, and, and I try to use that in, in terms of how I think ownership is going to look like on, on fight night. But you know, Ashley Evan Smith, when this line opened, she was plus one forty-five. She's now been bet down to minus one forty. Yeah, because people don't know who this chick is, Dumont. Like, I don't know what the what the odds makers were thinking, putting her at plus money. Um, I immediately saw it, and if I was in a state where I could, I would be hammering that line just because I know what I'm getting out of Evan Smith. And I know that she has been finished in the past, but she has fought some good people too. Yeah. I just uh, pulled up our uh, ownership projections and uh, uh, Dumont, uh, one of the least owned fighters in terms of Alex projections. Of course, you can get those projections by signing up for an Oswald plus weekly pass. Uh, you get it for all the sports we have up there at Oswald.com for twenty nine ninety five, or if you just want MMA pass, Eight ninety five. Check it out there. Of course, uh, I did mention at the beginning of the show the free MMA content up at Osmo.com this week. MMA projections, so you can check out there. And uh, no surprising, we all know who's going to be the, the most ownership. Uh, I, I think everyone knows who that is. They don't even have to look at projections to know who it's going to be. Let's move on. We got Martin Day versus Anderson Dos Santos. Eighty eight hundred for Martin Day, seventy four hundred for Dos Santos, and then nineteen dollars for Day on Fanduel. And $9 for Dos Santos. What's your take on this one? I like this fight. I like this fight to target. And I do think that Dos Santos will be a popular play based on his finishing potential. Uh, 80% finish rate out of 20 victories. He's 20 and 8. Martin Day comes in 63% finish rate out of 8 victories. He's 8 and 4. Priced up at 8,800. It's quite a bit for a guy who just got uh, knocked out against uh, Davey Grant. So, I mean... This is an interesting spot. How does he back, you know, get back on track after suffering a knockout like that? They're both 0-2 in the UFC, which I thought was interesting. They're both going to be hungry, and they're both dogs. Uh, Day is going to be the taller man at 5'10". And when you look at his frame, you know, he's very long for the division at 135 pounds, puts together great striking combinations, good hands, tricky kicks, like really, really tricky kicks, and actually has some finishes via kicks. Dos Santos will probably be looking to take this fight to the ground once he starts to get, you know, clipped on the feet and hurt. Dos Santos isn't a bad uh, punt play at all, Jason. Like, I think that he's a guy, you know, there are some scratch outs. He's not a scratch out for me. He's in, he's in play. He he can easily clip Martin Day if Martin Day is not fully healed from the KO and uh, work towards a finish or get even getting a decision win with takedowns and ground and pound and striking exchanges. But for me, I think Martin Day is one of these guys that's going to be a little too crisp on the feet. I think he's got really good hands, really good legs, puts together great combinations, digs to the body. I love guys that dig to the body. When you're not just a headhunter and you don't discriminate, you hit the body equally, I love it. I'll roster Martin Day at 8,800 because I think people might be off of him because he's uh, 
you know, just coming back from a KO. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, when you look at this 8,800 and just kind of looking at where he is, I mean, uh, yeah, he's... He's overpriced. He, he, he's overpriced, but he also, you can, we always talk about this. Sometimes you got to play that ownership game. Yeah. And his ownership's really low right now. So I think that's something that, that you got to think about uh, in terms of this one. I know he's a guy that I've used in cash uh, throughout his time you know, in, in the UFC. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, uh, if you do want to check out uh, the betting odds for all these fights, just go to awesomeo.com right at the top of the screen. Go to Odds Shopper. You can check out all the lines from all the various books. Find out who's got the best line when you're looking to make a bet on these fights. So be sure to check out Odd Shopper over there. At awesomeo.com, of course, I uh, appreciate everyone who's in here on a Wednesday night watching this live. We really do appreciate if you hit that thumbs up button. That does help us out a lot, as uh, always. Of course, also, be sure if you're not subscribed here to Awesome hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you know when a new show is here. Of course, tomorrow we'll have coverage all day long for the NFL games. And, of course, uh, myself and Pete will be back on late Saturday afternoon. Live before lock. Uh, right now, we're at 530. It's going to be live before lock. But we did lose a fight earlier today, so we'll see maybe if lock is going to change to that or whether uh, the UFC will stick with that 7 p.m. start time. Let's move on down the card. And, you know, I had told you that uh, overall I wasn't uh, a big in rostering the female fights this week, but uh, you, you kind of have a different thoughts on this one. And you mentioned this matchup between Gina Mazzani and Rachel Ostovich. Uh, Mazzani, 8,600. 7600 for Ostovich, that's on DK. And then over on FanDuel, $19 for Mazzani. That one really stuck out to me. I, I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a heavy price to pay. And uh, $11 for Rachel Ostovich. What the heck is DraftKings thinking? What is FanDuel thinking? Gina Mazzani, $8,600, $19 on FanDuel for me, Jason. I saw that and I go, huh, what? For me, I can't get behind that. I mean, I know Gina Mazzani... Let, let, let me kind of give her some, some positive things, okay? Six-inch reach advantage, okay? Three-inch height advantage. Trains with James Krause and Glory MMA. Okay, you got a great camp now, and she has been there for a while because she's Tim Elliott's girlfriend, whatever. Yeah, they, they, well, they rotate between Kansas City and Vegas. Okay, right. I don't see how I can pay 8,600 for eight uh, for Gina Mazzani. She makes so many mistakes in the cage, Jason. And I, I know she's a nice girl and all that, but Ostovich isn't a bad fighter at all. Uh, she's four and five overall one and two in the UFC does have great jujitsu. I will say Mazzani has a ground and pound edge. So obviously if she gets on top of people, she likes to put the hurting on them with ground and pound working towards a finish, but Ostovich is grappling, literally, armbar from guard, totally viable if she gets put on her back. But guess what? She tra- she chains together, takedown's great. She laces the leg, she drags to the side. I really love her at the 7,600 price point. I think this is a matchup that I will be hammering. I'm not going to discriminate and not include Mazzani in some lineups because I do look at this fight as a GPP fight. But when I'm looking at fight film. I can't get behind Mazzani, really. Like, I, I really can't. Like, doesn't like getting hit, has been submitted. If she's not on top in dominant positions, I feel like, you know, it looks like the fight is taken out of her. So, for me, at 7,600, I, I like Ostovich a decent a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, that, that price, you know, I mentioned about there were some prices that just jumped out to me. And, and this is one of those fights I was just – 
I was surprised to see how wide it was here. Um, you know, and, and I think you got to look at Ostovich. I mean, look, it's, I, I it, it's, the UFC wants to promote her. You know, yeah. you, you look at, you know, they, they put her on um, Dana White show when they filmed in Hawaii. I mean, it, it's just, you know, but this is a, a fight. I just, I don't know if I can really get behind Gina Mazzani, a $619. That's, that's a hefty price to pay. Right. And people need to realize, right, that promotions think like that. Promotions want to build certain fighters. Promotions know what certain fighters are. So they will use them to help gain popularity of another fighter. And I do agree with you that, you know, Ostevich is a pretty girl. They would love nothing more than Ostevich to become something. Yeah, the, it's very clear. I mean, I, I think anyone knows that. Let's move on. Uh, we got a, a matchup, a, a short notice, late replacement fight here. Of course, Jonathan Pierce uh, was supposed to fight Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson unable to to make it here to fight week. Kay Kamaka, he steps in here, and he's a he's a massive uh, favorite here on DK. Ninety two hundred, uh, seven thousand for Pierce over on Fanduel. Twenty one dollars for Kamaka. Eight dollars for Jonathan Pierce. You know, there there are certain gems I, I like to really get behind, and fight ready is one of those gems, of course. Uh, that is a gym where, you know, Henry Cejudo trains out of. Uh, the Pitbull brothers, when, when they're in the United States, they train out of that gym. Uh, you know, and, and the countless other fighters are at that gym as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kai Kamaka, man, he had, he had a, a, a great performance, um, you know, in uh, against, um, uh, like, the guy from the uh, MTV reality show Caged. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Oh. Um... Tony Kelly. Yes, thank yeah, you. That that was a fun fight to watch here. Uh, but obviously, you got a a big price you got to pay here. Yeah, and you know I don't always like backing guys that stepping up on short notice because what was their training like, especially during COVID times like today. Um, I will say that I know that you like Pierce quite a bit, and I think that of the seven K options, he's a he's in play. He's not a guy I'm crossing out. I think that he definitely has a path to victory. If he can bully Kai Kamaka, keep it on the feet, um, you know, in his fights, he has, he's extremely aggressive with striking, um, you know, puts people on their back, also aggressive with ground and pound, comes from a good camp, as you mentioned. I do like Kai Kamaka, though. I wish that the salary wasn't what it is. I think that it's kind of just box score watching. They know Kai Kamaka did great against Tony Kelly. Um, you got Pierce coming off that loss to Joe Lozon comes in four fantasy points, 115 for Kai Kamaka. The craziest thing in the world, right? Is when I doubted Kai Kamaka in that fight against Tony Kelly, I was staring at this 13% finish rate out of eight victories. That is terrible. Like that is terrible, especially on the regional scene. And then he went in there and put on like a clinic against Tony Kelly, excellent body shots, excellent head strikes, heavy, heavy punches, takedowns when he needed to. So to me, I'm staring at that. I'm like, man, I don't know how he's not putting people away. I expect that number to change. I think that he can start putting people away. I think that he's very, very talented. Um, 9,200 is a little rich, but I'm okay getting behind it. And I'll target Pierce in a few. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, I, I think that the, you know, in terms of a straight up pick, I think you, you take Kamaka in the fight just because, uh, but I, I think when we're looking at value, on DFS, you know, I think you got to look a little bit at uh, at Jonathan Pierce there. Let's move on. We got uh, Sue Madajig taking on Malcolm Gordon, ninety one hundred for Sue. Malcolm seventy one hundred. Then over on 
on FanDuel, $21 and $8 respectively. Yeah, I think uh, Sumer Derji is um, somebody to look at in this division because he's so long. Like, he's he's a long, lanky guy, 5'8", um, you know, comes in a little expensive here. And, you know, he, on the regional scene, was putting people away, comes in 92% finish rate out of 12 victories. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, clear advantage on the feet against Malcolm Gordon, against a guy who does not like taking shots, covers up, gets hit a lot, um, is a little chinny. So Murderji is definitely able to work towards a KO or TKO finish. The problem is his kryptonite is, is uh, submission grappling. And Gordon, um, you know, has some really underrated jujitsu, can scramble well to the back. I don't know if Gordon's really UFC level. I didn't, I didn't really think Murderji was either, but he's starting to surprise me a little bit more. Um, Gordon has a clear advantage on the ground. He's another guy, right? Unlike many weeks when I cross a lot of people out, there's probably four, maybe five, 7K options that I'm actually considering this week. Gordon's a guy I'll sprinkle in because of his submission ability. But I do think that Murderji, as long as he keeps it on the feet, comes in 75%, take down defensive rating, I think he gets it done. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And then our opening fight of the night, we got Luke Sanders taking on Joseph Manis, 8,400 for Sanders, 7,800 for Joseph, and then 18 and $13 respectively on FanDuel. Yeah, Manis is a long 135 or 5'10", 5-inch reach advantage over Sanders. Um, I thought this line was interesting. I didn't expect it to be so close. I thought that Sanders, based on his UFC experience, 3-3 three and three in the UFC, obviously he's 500 in the UFC, but that's still five more UFC fights than Manis. Manis in his previous outing scored 45 and a half in a victory. He's 1-0 in the UFC. Um, regionally he's okay. I mean, he, he did well. He has a great record 12 and one Sanders is 13 and three. I think, uh, I think Sanders is a little undervalued here. I I, I like Sanders a little bit at 8,400. This is not one of my favorite fights. I don't really see this first fight of the night as like fireworks. I think it's going to be an okay fight, but as far as like must roster, it doesn't scream it to me this week, Jason, if I'm going to side with anybody, it'd be Sanders. I think that Manis is okay striking, okay grappling, um, tends to be defensive a lot in his fights because, you know, his opponents just press, press him, press him, press him. So uh, it's Sanders for me or pass. As Samuel just asked, will uh, I be playing the first fight? I I might sprinkle some Sanders in, but I, I won't have high exposure. Yeah, I mean, me either. Manis, right? If he can take away, uh, if he can take advantage of the fact that Sanders has been knocked out in the past, and he goes out there and aggressive and hunts, mm-hmm. you know, hunts that chin, you know, you, you know, if anybody does that, we're talking about putting him in play. I think San, uh, Manis at seventy eight hundred. If he was cheaper, I could get behind him. This is like a, a boring decision to me. Yeah. Uh, before we uh, answer some listener questions, let's go through our straight up picks here. Uh, main event: Curtis Blades, uh, Derek Lewis. Blades on both of us. Blades for me, yeah. Uh, Smith versus Clark. Smith. I agree with you there. Parisian versus Porter. Room for Porter, but I say Parisian. I'm, I feel the same exact way. Baeza versus Sato. Give me Baeza. Baeza. Uh, give me the underdog in Bill Algeo against Spike Carlisle. I'll say Algeo as well. Uh, give me Evan Smith against Dumont. Evan Smith. I will go Martin Day against Anderson Dos Santos. 
Ooh, you like Martin Day as well. I, I do like Martin Day. Gina Mazzani versus Rachel Ostovich. This is a coin flip fight. It's it's. I think this, this is a coin flip fight for me. Give me Gina Mazzani. Get out, really? I say Ostovich. Um, Jonathan Pierce, K Kamaka. Kamaka for me. I'm going Kamaka. I just, I wish I knew more information on what kind of training life has been like for the yeah. past couple of weeks. I'm surprised uh, Kamaka. Sue against Malcolm. Yeah, Mu Derji for me. Yeah, I'm same way. Then uh, give me Luke Sanders against Manis. Same. Uh, in terms of uh, you know, we'll get through some uh, listener questions here. Uh, kind of go through uh, throughout the chats. Uh, Samuel, uh, top fights to target. Well, I'll tell you, main events something I'm targeting. Parisian Porter is a fight I'm targeting. Baeza Sato, Carlisle Algio, Mazzani Ostovich. Day Dos Santos. Those are kind of ones that I really like. So we got one, two, three. We got 11 fights as, as we uh, do the show here on Wednesday night. The number is five and a half stoppages. Under. Ooh. Oh, let's look here. Some other uh, questions in terms of this. Um, Rob saying the over one and a half, the main event is intriguing too. Both guys are really durable. So, yeah. 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 I would say, yeah. I would. I think here, I I guess the question of the main event is, and we always talk about this in five round fights. The last thing we do not want is a third round stoppage. I could see that. Me too. Um, I will say that in heavyweight MMA, when it's a five round fight, both guys are a little tentative and don't want to gas themselves out because they're like, man, I still got, you know, 25 minutes to work with. Like, I'm not trying to be gassed for 20 minutes of it. So I think that's a, a, a nice bet. Uh, Jeremy, this is a great question he brings up here. He goes, how does the weigh-ins influence your predictions? Missing weight can be beneficial sometimes and sometimes it won't. Um, well, I will say that, um, you know, it, it all depends. You don't know if, you don't know if the fighter has had an injury or if they had a terrible weight cut. We know, we knew last week that Mike Perry, wasn't having a good weight cut. We knew maybe it's maybe it's uh, strategic. Um, when he comes in five and a half pounds overweight, now you start thinking, okay, well, maybe he just didn't try. Uh, when you see a guy come in looking drained or um, looking drained or um, soft, then you definitely need to consider like picking the opponent. Uh, best uh, underdog value on FanDuel. Well, Bill Algeo to me would be one. I, I think there's several on Fanduel that you can look at in terms of of underdog value. Sato, I think, is look at it, even though I do like Baeza uh, in, in that spot. Uh, Ashley Evan Smith at fourteen dollars, I think, is another one to look at on Fanduel. Um, you mentioned about Osovich at eleven dollars, um, especially if Gina Mazzani does go that takedown route. That could be someone there as well. Um, yeah. Those would be my top ones on Fanduel. I would say, yeah, on Fanduel, you always want to target the people that are going to be defending takedowns. So I will say that Lewis um, is interesting. Um, I will say that 
Mansato at 10, Algio at 10. I, I like those guys. Uh, Ostovich at 11. Those are kind of the three that on FanDuel I would definitely be looking at. Uh, Samuel asks, top two cash and top two GPP picks. Let's go GPP uh, first. Um, I will say... I like Baeza quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Baeza quite a bit. I would, I would agree with that one. Um, it's kind of, you got to put Blaze in there, I think. I think so, too. I think it's a pro, I mean, it's a matchup thing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of GPP, uh, excuse me, in terms of cash, um, I would look at Anthony Smith. I think cash Anthony Smith is safe for a victory. Yeah. Um, and, and a second one on cash. Um, if I'm not going to take Curtis Blades. I really do like Miguel Baez, but I want to give somebody else. Mm. I mean, Maybe Evan Smith at 8,300. I mean, I think both the yeah. Smiths are coming in completely overlooked. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, any live dogs to look into? Um, I, mean, I, I would I would look at Algeo. Yeah, I'd say Algeo, um, Ostovich. That, I don't get that Ostovich line. I really don't. Uh, Bill asks, most confident pick in DraftKings 9,000 range? Mm. Well, Muderji's not a confident pick for me as far as he, – he might be my least favorite because of his volatility as far as getting submitted. Kamaka steps up on short notice against a tough guy. I don't think that – Pierce is bad at all, but Pierce was finished by Joe Lozon at this stage of his career. Quite, quite an odd finish too. You saw that he had like a reverse half. So his arms stuck behind his head and he's getting ground and pounded like crazy of the nine K options. I definitely think that Parisian because it's heavyweight MMA and what he can do is a heavyweight on the ground with ground and pound. I think that it's, it's blades and Parisian. Uh, Charles Jones goes pick for fight of the night and just saying just for fun. Pick a fight of the night. Mm. Carl Algia. Yeah, I I think it's that or by Sato. Uh, Samuel says, is that Evans fight part of the a 200, 8,000 pick them fights? Um, it's the 83, 7,900 fight. Right. We lost that 8,200, 8,000 fight. And it was the Zamagalov against, I'll, something. Yeah, we lost that fight though. Thank goodness we lost it because um, I was sitting there having a di- difficult time breaking that one down. Um, but you know, it makes this card interesting, and I do think that they screwed up with some of these lines. So we're kind. I mean, I think that Mazani Ostovich fight is a lot closer than what the DFS lines are saying. And of course, just answer the next question Sam had about which which lines we thought were uh, were huh. posted wrong, and then we'll leave on this one. Uh, Charlie says, he goes, I have a sneaky one for five of the night. Martin Day and Anderson Dos Santos. I love it. Nice, Charlie. I, I like the pick. 
I think that is a very, very interesting fight because you have a guy coming off of a KO loss who has excellent striking. It's two guys with only two records in the UFC, right? They're both hungry. Yeah. Uh, let's get quick ones in here. Uh, Matt ass Parisian MVP. It's not bad. I don't want people to think Porter's bad. Porter's not. Porter can strike. Porter can grapple. Porter can very well win this fight. I just think that Parisian, he seems meaner. And I know that sounds silly, yeah, yeah. but I, my I, dad yeah. my dad says it all the time. He likes it when he sees a fighter who's mean. Yeah, I get you there. Uh, top pivot fight from the main event. I think the Porter Parisian is a nice pivot. Um, I think that's a nice 9K pivot, you know, whichever way you go with that because of how it's going to go. Yeah. Of course, uh, we'll be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Join us at 5.30 p.m. each time. We'll lead you up into UFC Vegas number 15. Of course, be sure uh, to give Pete a follow on Twitter. He's at Pete the Heat MMA. I am at Jason underscore Floyd. Of course, uh, if you ever have a, if you're a premium subscriber of Awesomeo, you can hit us up on our Slack channel. We will get back to you as soon as we can. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Awesomeo MMA Strategy Show. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.